Welcome to Farm Chica. I know it's been a while, y'all, but life gets in the way. But today I'm going to talk about the purple passion flower, Maypop. Welcome to Farm Chica, the podcast dedicated to providing a holistic model for promoting sustainable lifestyles and ways to engage in traditional methods of homesteading. Join me, Rene Delgado Riley, a native-born New Mexican, as I share how I respect Mother Nature through easy-to-apply tips that anyone can do. Through this podcast, I hope to inspire you to tap into your ancestral roots and live a more traditional, simple life that focuses on sustainability and respect to the earth. So join me as I share 20 to 30-minute tips that anyone can do. So May Pops, aka Passion Flower... These are so-called maypops because the fruit makes a loud popping sound when crushed. This is a vining plant with those beautiful showy flowers, also known as passion flower, passion fruit, and oftentimes as wild apricots. These plants grow prolifically across the southeastern part of the United States. They are often referred to as passion vine and have very interesting stories behind their origins. So May Pop comes from the fact that along these coastal regions, these flowers came out late in the spring with fruits forming in around May, June. And since the vines tend to ramble and grow all over the ground, people would step on these fruit and they would make a loud noise and pop open, hence called maypop. There's also some research that shows that the word maypop is derived from the word maricoc, which is the Powhatan tribe of Florida. You see, when the Spanish conquistadores were exploring Florida in the mid-1500s, they thought that this very distinctive purple flower and the arrangement of its stamens and pistil was symbolic of the passion of Christ. And so the genus named Passiflora means passion flower and the species name Incarnata means in the flesh. So very interesting history on this wonderful, beautiful plant. Today, there are over 500 species of passion vine in the world with nine native to the United States. Passion in Carnata is the most prolific growing species in the United States, with some even asking it being invasive because it grows so rampantly. But again, since it's a native plant, uh, it's not technically invasive by the definition which most invasive plants would be classified. However, if you do plant this beautiful maypop, just uh, be no, be careful because it will get away from you. You see, each seed pod is loaded with seeds that germinate easily when released from the fruit. So they grow prolifically. If you walk on them and they pop, those seeds get loaded onto the ground and they germinate easily. These plants grow are very easy to grow. They're vines. They prefer full sun to partial shade. And there's no real pest problems. And they're very drought tolerant once established. There are um, some several butterflies, the gulf fritillary and the zebra longwing that actually use this plant to grow and develop from the caterpillar stage. So they will munch a bit on this plant, um, likely not going to kill them, but it's necessary for their ecosystem to grow and develop and turn into a beautiful butterfly. The Cherokee referred to maypops as old filled apricots since they grow really well and thrive in any kind of ground, such as roadside, floodplains, and fallowed fields. So these are really easy to grow, very 
pest-friendly in terms of not being susceptible to any major pests and destruction of the plant. They ripen um, beautiful from a green to a yellow and orange shade by late summer, hence why they're often called wild apricots. This fruit has an edible pulp that can be scooped out, eaten, and each fruit produces tens of large woody seeds that are primarily discarded. And so this pulp can be used to create teas, cooked down to create jams and jellies, and can be used um, just in a lot of different recipes. So besides the beautiful purple passion fruit, almost tropical looking flower that you get to see on your vines, not living in a tropical region, the second benefit is you get this yummy fruit that can be eaten. So even though these fruit may look tropical as if they were imported here, actually, in fact, maypops are native to eastern North America, stretching from eastern Texas to the mid-Atlantic coast. So keep an eye out for these amazing, beautiful flowers, ripening fruits as you walk or bike in your neighborhood. And don't be surprised if you see them. They're absolutely beautiful. Maypops are deep into our culture and the history of the Cherokee actually made a a drink from these by scooping out the pulp, straining out the seeds, and often that drink was mixed with cornmeal to thicken the drink. Uh, The Cherokee also ate the leaves and young shoots of the plant, boiling them, frying them, and often mixing them with other greens. Cherokees were known to make infusions from the roots to treat several ailments, including earaches, liver complaints, boils, and other skin inflammations. The Huma of Louisiana also drank an infusion made from the roots as a blood tonic, and so there is a lot of history steeped into our culture in America based on Maypops. So get on your computer now or smartphone and Google Maypops and look at how beautiful those flowers are. So besides maypops growing all over the place in the southeastern United States, growing as far north as southern Illinois, as far as Kansas, Oklahoma, they can actually grow almost everywhere in the United States, um, often um, if you plan on planting them. So if you hit up online and buy some vines from your either local, regional, or national nursery, you can get some passion flower or maypop vines. The perennial vine, which makes it even more attractive is you don't have to plant it every year, the, it will climb up to 20 feet in a single season. And it's large and it has a three-lobe leaf and it's very ornamental and beautiful. And those flowers are just gorgeous. After those flowers come out, the fruit is then developed and that is where you can get some yummy benefits of consuming that beautiful ornamental bush and vine. I have yet to taste a maypop so I'll be honest I'm really excited to try it. I've been doing a lot of research in preparation for this podcast and from what I've been reading folks have indicated that the edible fruit tastes similar to a tropical passion fruit so both sweet and pleasantly tart And so what I did learn also about maypops is that similar to American persimmons, you don't want to pick these before they're ripe. Otherwise, they have a very uh, kind of put off a sourness or astringent flavor. So you definitely want to wait until the fruit is starting to wrinkle. Um, And usually this is late fall. So anywhere from September to November, you can begin picking the fruit from your passion flower. 
So the fact that you can grow a tropical-like fruit and beautiful-looking flower anywhere in the U.S. that's not tropical, that's kind of exciting to think about because you get to really enjoy this awesome vine. So most people will debate that the passion flower is the most beautiful flower in the entire world. I honestly can't debate this because once you've seen it, not just online, but in person, I swear the first time I saw my first passion flower, I literally pulled out my phone and had to insta-worthy this beautiful flower. It has really large purple blooms, which are up to two inches wide. They kind of look like ornaments on the vine in a circular pattern of lavender and white. And it's just really beautiful. Um, it almost looks like a partially woven silk cloth. It's almost like a work of art of nature. And that subtle fragrance uh, just really gives you that feeling of admiration. And so for me, it does indeed elicit a passionate admiration for this passion flower, hence the name, aka Maypop. This flowering, fruiting vine has um, been part of our food culture for both our Native Americans and the colonists that came to this country. Um, however, recently, Maypop has fallen out of favor, although there is starting to be a comeback around uh, renewing America's food traditions. Um, this is actually a book that's on my list of things to read because I think it'll be really interesting just with um, our history with the pawpaw fruit as well. Um, so a quote from this book is, Maypop's popularity has not yet recovered from the collateral damage of the colonial period. And I think this was because when the colonists were coming, it was not quite part of their culture and so it's kind of fallen out of favor and I think there's a lot of work we need to do to build up the plant's reputation and I think it's kind of exciting to see be at the cusp of um, something very much coming back into our culture. And hopefully with the um, cultural revolution around agricultural history in our country, because Maypops tend to take over gardens, they're kind of seen as a nuisance. But I think understanding how to create food for us is a new kind of outlook that's kind of coming back. And I think that this will just help us um, bring um, it back to its livelihood. It's a beautiful flower and it has an awesome fruit. So growing Maypops is super easy. So reach out to your local, regional, or national nursery and get a couple of vines. Uh, they'll grow very easily. They also have a lot of pollinators. Maypop flowers are highly attractive. Think of it like a dinner bell around supper time. You have bees, butterflies, moss, all kinds of things wanting to visit the flowers, um, even native bumblebees and honeybees. And people just really, really... I should say insects really, really like this flower in addition to people. So if you are growing it or you get a hold of somebody or you find something on the roadside, harvesting maypops is actually pretty easy. Um, picking up maypops from the ground is probably the simplest way to harvest the fruit to be sure of its ripeness. Some other clues are the ripe fruit, fruit will develop a bright aroma. Its color will change from green to yellow and its skin often wrinkles. In the southeastern part of the United States, maypops will begin to ripen by late July. However, in other parts, it may not start until September through October and even to November. And because of its kind of late comeback to the scene, um, there's actually not a lot of university breeding programs for this as a part of commercial agriculture. 
but that's slowly beginning to change. I actually, in fact, as I was prepping for this podcast, I found that at Mississippi State University, they've begun a small research project to find some examples of really good Maypop cultivars across the country and potentially breeding those Maypop with tropical passion fruits for a more cold, hardy, commercially viable fruit. You see the Maypop fruit skin is very thin and so it's prone to injury. So even just falling off the vine, it can get damaged. And this isn't really a commercial fruit, but it's definitely a great fruit to have in on your backyard farm or homestead. And it's just really nice if you're walking in the neighborhood or you're riding a bike and driving by and you see a Maypop flower. There's also some innovative kind of like food stuff happening at different distilleries. Actually, there's a small batch distillery in Charlottesville, Virginia, that's actually using Maypop juice, blossoms, and leaves with other botanicals to kind of create their own um, in-house version of a traditional Italian liqueur. So for years, our native ancestors used maypop leaves um, to brew as an herbal tea for, you know, calming us down, um, anything uh, for produced um, using the leaves to create tinctures, capsules, and teas. Definitely available. You can actually find these online and at most um, herbal tea stores, you can actually find Passiflora incarnata, which is essentially the leaves of the maypop uh, vine. You can take the maypops and mix the pulp, um, cook it down with just some water, simmer it, and create a juice. Um, Actually, as I mentioned earlier, the Cherokee of North Carolina were very, very focused on using this as a social drink to any visitors that were coming to their farming villages. So Maypop drink and beverage. um, I've seen a couple of YouTube videos on this, and I'm really excited to try it. It sounds really delicious. You can drink it cold or hot. Uh, but it's really exciting. And you can even take that juice and create that to make like a Maypop jelly or jam. And so you would just take that and add your um, sugar and pectin in that and cook it down. From my own kind of research on this, it looks like the Maypop jelly recipe is usually about two cups ripe Maypops. Um, You take the pulp and combine it with one cup water You boil that, strain it, and then use that liquid with about two and a half cups sugar and however much pectin, and that's what you use to get your recipe. I also found a recipe where you take that juice and instead of making jelly, you add either cane sugar or honey and a little bit of lemon juice and you get like a little cordial that you can drink by itself or add liqueur to it or any kind of alcohol beverage of your choice. It'd probably pair really nice with gin possibly, but I don't know if that'd take out the citric part of it, but it would definitely pair with vodka or any kind of very um, no tasting alcohol from that end. So maypops are vigorous, they grow really well. Uh, They're perennial plants. They really like full sun. They can tolerate droughts. Um, You get a lot of fruit from one plant. So there's a lot of advantages of growing your own maypop. And although there hasn't really been any nutritional analysis on the passion flower, it's likely they're loaded with vitamin C and A, um, just like its tropical cousin, the actual passion fruit. So various parts of the passion vine were used medicinally by Native Americans. And so there's definitely a little bit of research about the compounds in it um, being a sleep um, inducer, um, just helping you get better sleep and just kind of relaxing for the evening. So instead of having like 
red wine, maybe have some Maypop um, tea or um, something like that. So I definitely am excited to try it. Um, I've read a lot about it. I've seen it at the farm and I'm so excited to begin to um, cook with it and bring it back because it seems like it has a great history in our country and it'd be really nice to reinvigorate it and make it have a comeback, which I'm kind of seeing evidence of right now. So there are so many benefits to the Maypop. I really appreciate them and I'm looking so forward to trying these out in my culinary experience. So I hope you all were inspired to learn a more, a little more about Maypops and hopefully you'll plant its vine or try it out in the future. <laughs>